Welcome back to Martins and More. My name's Mari Rutsch. And I'm Spoon Phillips. And Martin has a groundbreaking new model coming that will usher in a new era for the acoustic guitar. It will be announced at NAMM in January. We should talk about it. <laughs> you bet we should. Very exciting times for Martins and more. That's right. But this is going to be all Martins. There will be no more uh, in this afternoon's podcast. We're going to talk all about the Martin GPC Inception. Spoon, I know you're the Martin Insider and you knew about this before I did. You know more about this when I did. I think I'm going to lean on you a little bit during this episode. We have to get to the very bottom of everything that's cool, exciting, groundbreaking, and otherwise in this brand new model that's not simply just another GPC. That's correct. It's a lot more than a, uh, just another Martin, for that matter. And I think it's pretty cool that it is a GPC. So this is, a, uh, in some ways, a departure from Martin. In other ways, it's a return to uh, things that they have done in the past and combines uh, some traditional Martin uh, procedures and techniques um, with some very new stuff. Where would you like to begin? I think I have some questions to ask you. Uh, well, sure. Go ahead. Uh, why don't you ask me and I'll let you know um, if it's something I can you know, answer with confidence and uh, we'll go from there. Okay, the first question is a personal one. How many of these do you own? <laughs> None yet. I, to be honest with you, I have not played one of these completed uh, models and, um, or this particular model. Uh, but I do believe I will very soon, uh, as soon as I get to the factory during NAM week, to do my annual videos, uh, the video reviews I do for my website, onemans.com. It's one man's with a Z. And um, so looking very forward to that and a bunch of other special guitars that are coming out uh, at the NAM show very shortly. Well, that's a good point there at the end. We should tell our listeners that after this episode, we will be bringing you one that just does dive into the entire 2024 NAM release, not just a specific model. So after this episode airs, stay tuned and make sure you subscribe to the program because there will be an episode that talks about all of the new Martins coming out at the NAM show. But this episode specifically, I want to ask you about the inception. How long has this project been in the works? Well, there's a, that's a, as typical with Martin, a double answer. Um, the, the project officially has been in the works for about 18 months. And, however, it includes uh, things that have been going on in the R&D department with research and development that go back a lot farther. They often will um, come up with concepts and uh, test different things. Um, and without having a set goal of where they're going to end up. So some of that kind of uh, design and uh, research uh, goes back a lot longer than the 18 months, but I think t officially this model was conceived and developed uh, just about a year and a half ago at the start of it. Oh, wow. So, uh, you know, off the record, do you think there was ever an opportunity we could have seen this thing happen sooner? I, I don't think so, because uh, the, the aforementioned R&D stuff could have ended up in, 
being used in a variety of ways and a variety of models, and and uh, this is where it ended up. This particular project that led to this particular guitar is less about the really cool, innovative things that are under the hood and about the simple fact that Martin, um, going back a ways, but certainly since the new CEO, Thomas Ripsom, um, came in, has wanted to invest a lot of development and production in sustainable domestic tone woods in uh, USA-based tone woods. And, uh, of course, there are other manufacturers doing the same thing. And um, this guitar has a maple back and sides. And that was the original initial concept of we want to branch out, literally, if you're talking about the trees, into <laughs> maple trees. And Martin has made maple models in the past, but they've never done anything where it was more than a model in what we now call the standard series with uh, maple back and sides or um, in what would be looked at as, you know, other uh, limited capacity series in the past. Um, this, is a, this is considered a new beginning. They're very excited about really investing in making maple, uh, a maple model that is going to remain in the line and probably turn into an entire series of guitars. And they uh, went to their R&D department, um, this may be going backwards, but uh, to, um, they went looking into what Martin does and what has Martin has been developing um, and, and tried to find things that would work very well with um, a maple guitar and in this case, a maple uh, grand performance body size. Can I ask you, who was the primary designer? Well, that's uh, also typical of Martin. This was done by a team. Uh, they, they are very humble in that, and probably one of the most humble people at Martin is Fred Green, who was the real project manager on this. And, and Fred has, in fact, I don't even know what his current 2024 title is, but he's high up in terms of product developments. And eventually he was moved out of a typical role and into sort of a, a, a hybrid free thinker role where he do, does a lot of conceptual stuff, which is different than somebody sitting down at a draftsman table designing something. Um, and he's certainly at the tip top of this. And he, he also brought us the SC models. He wanted, he was the one that said, it's time for Martin to make a model with an asymmetrical body shape, and he's definitely uh, a major moving force in the inception of the inception uh, model. Um, but with him also comes the major designers like Tim Peel and Ramin uh, Shagan, and um, I know that uh, Nate Hoffman who's the head of research and development. His team were, were intimately involved in all of this, and uh, which will make more sense when we start talking about some of the innovations that are in this guitar. So it, in a way, it was a typical Martin project where Fred Green, um, sometimes it's somebody else, sometimes it's Jeff Allen, but in this case it was you know Fred Green being on top of this and leading down through their uh, their 
expert veteran designers and and bringing on you know other people um, to take part in what ultimately came together for this NAM show. So when I bumped into Tim Teal a few months ago and I said, what are you working on? And he said, stuff. This was one of those things. <laughs> Most definitely. Um, I know he, uh, you know, it's, you never know when somebody uh, is involved in a project. And there's many times I'll be talking to someone inside Martin about it and how excited I am. And they'll be like, yeah, that is very exciting. Um, I actually haven't even thought of this guitar in a year now because my part was kind of done with it back then. And I've been <laughs> moving on to stuff that you're not going to see until next year. So that does, that happens a lot. So, but yes, uh, I'm, I'm sure, you know, Tim is looking very forward to this and, and the uh, future of these models right along with Fred and Ramin. Nice. Oh, I wanted to also ask you, when I asked you about the primary designer, I was going to ask you, what was the impetus? Did you already cover that a little bit? Kind of. The, the impetus was uh, initially um, domestic tone woods and starting with maple and seeing what they can do with maple um, to enhance the tone of maple. That's really what this was about. Uh, I know that Fred, like, uh, you know, Martin has made some really wonderful maple guitars, the D60 and um, the MC65, uh, I think it was called, stuff like that. Very cool maple guitars. People don't normally think of Martin and maple. They think of rosewood and mahogany, and, and they think of that thicker Martin sound and the overtones, the heavy, you know, heavy overtone guitars. And um, somebody like, uh, like you may not think of mahogany having a lot of overtones because you're so rosewood-centric, but a Martin D18, for example, typically has a lot more overtones than other makers' mahogany guitars. Maple is very fundamental. It's, uh, it can be considered a, a compressive sound. Uh, it doesn't color the sound that's coming from the, uh, the soundboard and the strings nearly as much as other tone woods, though it certainly has its own sound. But so Martin wanted to say, how can we do a Maple Martin that is, that, how can we enhance that and bring in what will hopefully be um, a more interesting sound, uh, if not complex. And and again, having not played one of these, I'm really curious to see how it uh, differs from uh, other maple guitars. So that was that that was a big part of it. And but it was also a part of the excitement of wanting to uh, finally employ some of their new uh, stuff that goes on under the hood. Um, both in the back and the top, um, that is now being paired with maple and being brought together in a grand performance body size with a cutaway, which is what the GPC stands for. GPC is a long scale guitar. The, uh, the silhouette is shaped differently than traditional Martins, uh, so that it is a little wider than an OM. It's not as wide as an M or a jumbo, but the body size, uh, the, the shape of the size uh, dictates a lot of the sound that comes out of it. And um, as anybody who's compared the GPCs from the old Grand Performance series, from the Standard series and the 16 series on up, they may look like a Taylor size 14 or a Jim Olsen 
um, Small Jumbo or Orion or the other builders who have used what is basically this body shape in the past, but they don't sound like them. They definitely have their own unique sound that's uniquely Martin. And this one probably will be even more so. So they've decided to go with the GPC. I think Fred uh, told me, I don't remember the exact quote, but Fred told me that his target audience was an onstage singer-songwriter. And, uh, mm. you know, that, so clearly aiming at a, a younger clientele, and that body size really has been embraced as the, as the main acoustic guitar body shape in the 21st century. To your knowledge, did this ever have an opportunity to be a different body size? Um, there's lots. Of, there's certain things I can't comment on. Um, I can say that I would be as typical with Martin. If this sells well, if it's well received, if people really like it, and they then we will probably see conceptions, uh, conception dreadnought down the road. OM. Um, who knows what else might come? Inception. Inception, I beg your problem. Inception, well, this conception of the inception uh, will, will take root <laughs> and grow fruit in, in other body sizes and perhaps other tone woods as well. Okay, next question. I know the bracing is probably the reason this whole thing is groundbreaking, new era. It's not simply a different body size or a redressed up something from, from the past. This bracing has everything to do with why this is all new. How did they make this new bracing pattern? And what do you know about why is it different? Okay, well, I wouldn't call it a new bracing pattern, but they've changed the braces. And uh, people who are hearing this uh, should be able by now to go on the Martin website and see some photographs and they probably already have there's going to be place, places that already leak the photographs before the official release date and all that stuff so the bracing has been uh, they've made it lighter and they've made it lighter by carving out space in the braces and so for instance the X-brace is a traditional scalloped X-brace but at the center of the X-brace where those two slats come together and are connected into the one X, they, um, those two struts are much thicker as you're right at that join part where they come together. And that area has been uh, cut out in a very attractive geometric pattern uh, to lighten up the mass at the center of the brace. Not only that, it's not a solid piece of wood. The, the solid spruce is sitting on top of a thin piece of wood, which itself is, and I, I'm not exactly sure when, because they've experimented with this stuff in terms of how that bracing is being layered. So I don't really know what the final uh, results were, but basically the, the X brace has these, whether you want to look at it as it's got X's cut into it, so you see the spruce X, or you look at it the other way and you look at the holes, and the holes are a, uh, a geometric shape. I guess they're, what do you call a six-sided? Is that a hexagon? Six-sided? I guess they're yes, hexagons, yeah. or is that a five-sided? I guess, but, um, but I should know that, of course. Sexagon? Yes, it's a sexy gun, I can tell you, because it looks really cool. Um, and it's almost too bad you don't get to see this on the outside of the guitar, because it looks really cool. And the, the whole point of this... You're making me think of a honeycomb, almost. 
Yes, that's that bad. Yeah, it's it's like a honeycomb pattern. So I tend to see that when I look at the stuff. That's what I immediately see. And then later I notice that it's made up of the spruce X's. So the space is a hexagon. The uh, X is made of spruce. And then the two spaces, the V at the top and the bottom of the X is also, uh, you go right through it as well. So it's, it's still strong. Uh, and yet it's a lot lighter and as Martin has always been after since C.F. Martin the first was around, trying to make the bracing uh, as flexible as possible to help energy distribution through the soundboard. And that then is radiates sound waves that then reflect in the sound chamber off the back and sides and, and are uh, fired out of the sound hole. So the point of this, I guess you can say, looking at the old 1930 OMs and some of the earlier Martin guitars that are so feather light, is to allow as much response as possible with the lightest amount of playing. So people, I don't know for certain, but some people may, um, may think of some of those special models they came out with that they only made for a certain year, and the CS models. And um, some of them were made extremely light uh, OMs, so you barely breathe on them, and they just absolutely glow with tone. And I believe we're going to see a similar result uh, in the finished product with this new bracing. I, I was wanting to say bracing pattern. I really meant to say bracing in general. But as far as the bracing is concerned, how does it affect things like energy transference and tone production? Can you compare what they're doing with this guitar to the most lightest built to the most lightly built regular bracing patterns we already knew about? Well, that, that's kind of what I was mentioning with the CS, the OMCS 13, it may have been called, I don't remember now. I think that was the one that was exceptionally lightly built and Fred's whole goal. And so was the, the, uh, the CS 20, uh, 2111, which was a dreadnought, was the first guitar that had authentic series bracing that wasn't in the authentic series, but they were super light and they were made with Spanish cedar necks to make them even lighter. Um, I don't know really how these things weigh in. I do know that the bracing basically looks the same. So you still have the, the finger braces, scalloped finger braces between the struts of the X. Um, you still have a bridge plate. However, the bridge plate is, is, has a slightly different shape. Um, and at least I think it does. The stuff that I uh, was, you know, had seen did. And um, you still have the, the flat braces on the side of the sound hole. You still have the, the traverse brace at the top, but the traverse brace at the top is also carved out. And this carving is all done with lasers, by the way. This is all done uh, through laser cutting. And okay. um, so it has uh, a similar, but not exactly the same hole structure as the X brace. And then it also, uh, go, it also affects the... Uh, tone bars, the, the large tone bars that stretch out across the bottom bout from the treble side. Uh, they actually connect to the treble side slot or strut rather of the X brace and then reach out um, across the bout but not all the way to the bass side brace. And so they also are, they're, all, they're very traditional uh, bracing pattern but all made lighter by this. And I don't know, you can't quote me on this, I don't know if they actually went with taking the solid brace and putting it on thinner pieces of wood or if that 
was just something in R and D, and they and they remained totally solid pieces of wood uh, until I get a better a better look at this stuff. I I won't know. Um, but here's the other thing. The top has channels cut into it. The soundboard has channels cut into it. So you have your X brace and your bridge plate, and in that long triangle, there is a groove cut in to remove mass. And, and there's grooves cut in basically around all the bracing. And uh, some of it is straight, some of it's curved, and the whole point of that, and they certainly, knowing Martin, these were just, they were not arbitrary. They tried all kinds of stuff to see how it would affect the flexibility of the top and how that affected uh, response, sustain, and tone in general. So I'm expecting this to be uh, a much more interesting sounding maple guitar as a result. Can you just imagine hypothetically if they figured out a way to make a maple guitar sound like rosewood? <laughs> I can't wait to play this. I think that requires all kinds of computerized electronics and modeling and whatnot. I think it's more about enhancing what's already there. And yeah. another interesting thing, again, the Grant's performance size is bigger than an OM. And it is, uh, and so the sound chamber is larger. Uh, so that gives you a little more bottom end and and low mid than you get from an om so it's different than an m i think the gpc and the m are two different ways to approach the same kind of balance where you got where you get clear terribles slightly a bigger bottom end they don't have the name nearly the mid-range scoop that you get from a dreadnought but you get better uh at least a traditional if you can use that word now with this body size after these all these yeah. years, traditional GP gives you a, a bigger, rounder oomph to it than you get from an OM. But this will be an ex exceptionally responsive uh, GPC and may, the dynamics of it may be very different than a traditional GPC because of this new bracing technology. Yeah, hypothetically, wouldn't it be funny if they chose GPC because the end result, and this is totally hypothetical and a guess, because the end result might be dreadnought-like, and maybe if they would have taken a dreadnought and done this treatment to it, I mean, it's all hyperbole, and I, I just, it's such a shame we have to record this video before it's released, weeks before we get to see these things in person. This might even really deserve its own episode uh, after we've actually had these in our hands. But I, I'm curious, on paper, it looks like these things really have an opportunity to be supercharged, maybe not in the same way as the Modern Deluxe was, where they gave all the things we know about the Modern Deluxe with the, the carbon fiber Adirondack bridge plate, the Adirondack bracing, uh, the uh, VTS Sitka top. Instead of taking things like torrefaction, liquid metal bridge pins, and carbon fiber, uh, which some of these things are rumored. It's it's kind of fun to watch the forum and say, I think that's a GPC, but I wonder what the difference is and people are speculating. I'm extremely curious to just, first of all, get these in our hands and then imagine what this could do, like you said, across the, the different product sizes. What if this eventually does become a triple O or an OM? Uh, it's, it's way too soon to talk like that, but I'm sure the moment these things get released to the public, just like the SCs were, as soon as somebody played the SC-13E, I love it. 
Make it in a different thing. Make it in, in, in Nazareth. Make it solid. Make it this and that. This is just going to open the floodgates, if you want my honest opinion. As soon as this gets released, it's going to make everybody's eyes open so wide. And then, well, what if you did that to, you know, move it down the line? Well, there, um, and I need to back up and correct a few things. Because I, I do, I have a snapshot that isn't all that clear, but... I'm pretty sure the honeycomb stuff is not on the uh, tone bars. I think they did not go with that, but it does have oh. the channels around it. And, um, and there's also the, um, what some people call the popsicle brace at the top of a Martin that helps support the, uh, the, where the fretboard extension is. It's only on the base side, so they actually don't have it on that treble side. So it's oh. like half a brace, and or maybe it goes over past the halfway point, but it doesn't go all the way over to. So that is to free up the. Um, that's to free up the area on the treble bout on the front of the guitar at the near the neck. So that's going to be fascinating. Um, but to, to to go back to what you just said, it'll be interesting to see. Taylor has already Taylor patented a, a channel they cut around their top a long time ago when they revamped their bracing, and and I remember when that happened and the first model that came out with it was the 814, and I played la last year's 814 next to this year's 814 side by side, and it clearly. Uh, how much of it was the channel, how much of it was the fish glue, how much of it was... They made a whole bunch of changes. So the V, weird V, they put in the brace, the, instead of X bracing, it's V bracing or whatever they call it. Definitely um, enhanced the sound of the guitar. Made it more interesting, more complex. Gave it, like, took a dollop of almost Martin-like mid, low mid oomph and put it in that already popular guitar. And... Um, and so, is this going to revolutionize Martin guitars? I don't know. Are we going to end up seeing um, every conceivable wood and body size and uh, in the standard series go to this bracing? Who knows? If it's truly revolutionary, yes. I'm not expecting them to give up the traditional standard series bracing anytime soon. But the, uh, the inception of this new Martin bracing um, is uh, chosen for a reason. They clearly see this as a springboard for the future. Well, I'm looking at the spec sheet now as you're talking, and I see things like side material, maple, neck taper, high-performance taper. Number of frets total, 20. What does that make you think of? Well, if I were to question that statement... I would think that it's time for one of us to ask the other 20 questions. 20 questions. So this is 20 questions. This is the game where one of us, in this case, the smart guy, is going to think up a Martin model, and he's going to ask me, the wise guy, uh, to ask 20 questions, try to guess what Martin model that is. The stipulations are it has to be a model that's still available for sale out there in the world, and it allows me to ask up to three guesses of what model it is, but they uh, are counted as part of those 20 questions. Are you ready? I was born ready, Sarge. <laughs> 20 questions on the clock, and go. Is this guitar made in Nazareth, Pennsylvania? No. 
<laughs> Is this guitar made with a dreadnought body size? No. Is this guitar a 14 fret instrument free from the body? Yes. Is this guitar made with a cutaway? No. Uh-oh. Is this a six-string guitar? Yes. Is this guitar made with a long scale neck? Yes. I think. No. It's not. Oh. So it's made with a short scale. Okay. Is this guitar in the Road series? Yes. Is this guitar made with the S body size? No. Is this guitar a 14 fret double O? No. Uh oh. Uh oh. Is this guitar. Wow. It's not a double O. And it's in the Road series. Is this guitar made with a solid spruce top? Yes. That's 10 questions. Does this guitar have a decorative veneer back and sides? Define decorative? Well, it's a it's veneer, veneer over yes. a core, over a core. Okay, yes. so that rounds things up. Is it? Wow. What could it be if it doesn't have a cutaway and it's not a dreadnought? Is this guitar a triple O? 13E Zero Cote. No. I don't even know if that model exists, but I think it does. <laughs> How about new? <laughs> okay. Does this guitar offered in more than one veneer? No. Okay. It's not an CS. All right, well, is this guitar made with the OM slash triple O body size? Yes, 15 questions. Solid Spruce Tom. You guys playing at home on YouTube, do you know? Yes, if you guys are looking it up, I can't remember the name of the exact syntax, so I may die by technicality, but is this a triple O 12E? He still got it. <laughs> Triple L12E Koa to be exact, but I'm in the giving mood and you're right. Okay. Well, that's, you know, if you had said yes, but you asked for me for more, that would have been my next guess. Since you said it's not available in any other. Of course. Veneer. I believe you. Great Maybe. job. I'm proud of you. And to get back to this new exciting model, there's something I haven't mentioned about the body yet. 
that I should, probably should have mentioned right up front when I said this had a maple back and sides. It actually has a three-piece back, and the center wedge isn't made out of maple. Why don't you tell us what it's made out of, Maury? It is made out of walnut. That's right. This is a uh, center wedge made out of walnut, and but it's not a V like you get in style 35. It is a, it's a shape that I would call almost a lava lamp. <laughs> But uh, I was gonna say corn, corn on the cob, <laughs> corn on the cob. But 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 it doesn't. But it's only slender at one end, so it's thicker down at the base end, and then it comes up almost like a. And you can't say like a bowling pin because it doesn't slot in like a bowling pin. But it's thinner at the top, comes out, narrows, but doesn't narrow nearly as much. So maybe oh yeah, I could see that a lopsided, you know, a piece of corn that's got a really big base compared to the end. So yeah, fair enough. That's good. Now I'm hungry. Would you? <laughs> Would you humor me to say it actually looks like a walnut? In a word, no. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty cool, though. I, I'm anxious to see, you know. And I'm. it's interesting they're using the center wedge. I am sure they would not be doing this if it did not affect the tone. If they, I'm sure they experimented with just with just maple. I'm sure they tried center wedge walnut. I'm sure they've tried scent. Well, I can't talk anymore about that, but um, I'm sure that they experimented and and that they tried more than one uh, shape to the uh, centerpiece. And I, I wouldn't even be surprised if they didn't try the old M-Team V model of having the base side be a separate wood from the treble side, but um, but it's not. It is. They decided to go with a very attractive three-piece back um, with uh, maple and walnut. So I'm sure that helps add some uh, overtone complexity to the uh, the voice of the guitar. Speaking of attractive, we would be remiss if we didn't talk about the top. I know we're getting into all the details that make everything different tonally and uh, responsiveness, but this is a new amber burst top called Amber Fade Sunburst too, right? That is correct. It is a new sunburst that is reminiscent of the amber tone, but it is not the same. And uh, it is, uh, I think, going to um, win over a lot of people. Um, and it's, you know, I think it, it works well with the walnut backsides. And um, it's a very attractive guitar. And it's, uh, so it's got the cool outside, it's got the cool inside, even the back braces are different. These are uh, redesigned back braces that have been likewise uh, lasered out. So um, to, um, you know, most people will tell you traditionally that the back of the guitar is there for strength and stability and simply to reflect the sound waves. However, anybody who's played a really light guitar can feel the back vibrating. So I've always felt that backwood definitely has to have some absorption before it reflects and, and has to have some kind of coloring. Um, and this back bracing is designed to increase that. So, so we are off to the races when it comes to new bracing on the top and back. Uh, new to Martin. This is not new in terms of there have been plenty of small builders out there that have experimented with all kinds of wild bracing or taking traditional X bracing and cutting holes in the bracing to, to make it lighter and more responsive. So, so this is clearly Martin's take on that. And, um, but the details of it, they certainly 
uh, came up with themselves after a great deal of research and development experimentation. And I'm not sure how much you got to take a peek at some of the forums and the Facebook groups, but a lot of people on the AGF and the UMGF, uh, between speculation and wish lists, a lot of people are saying this would be the most perfect time for Martin to reveal a brand new pickup system as well. They didn't exactly do that, um, but I am happy to see they have the LR Bags Anthem here. It's not new by any stretch, but when you look at Martin's history of putting electronics on most of their models, Fishman is almost always what you see. And in the past five or six years, a handful of instruments did get the designation, like something like a Triple O 2080 or an OM 2080. You can get either with the Fishman Enhance or the LR Bags Anthem. So they didn't reinvent the pickup system here or go with anything brand new for 2024, but they are giving you one of the most recent, most updated choices. And I thought that was, you know, it was good. I mean, it's one of the best pickup systems by a lot of people who take care to, you know, speak on forums and talk about what's really robust, what's really plug and play. It's not my favorite system, but when you get away from the trance audio stuff, it's it's definitely one of my top systems. And I've really never heard a bad sound from the LR Bags Anthem. I'm not sure how many times you've got to hear that. So, well, I was going to ask you your opinion of it, because you certainly have uh, experienced more than me. My experience with it has been hearing it in like pro concert situations, stuff like that, where the chain is so enormous um, from my ear to the pickup that that you know I have no idea how what, you know how much I'm hearing is re related to the pickup. So, how would you say if if I called you up and said, so I have a let's just say a D18. Um, what do you think this, you know, is that a good choice for the D18? You know, what's your opinion of that s system? Yeah, the LR Bags Anthem, it's it's really a, a really good system. It's an undersaddle pickup at heart, but it pairs what they call the Lyric or the True Mic. And it's not necessarily a microphone in the most true sense, but of the soundboard transducer style pickups, it's... It's, it's almost a microphone, so it, maybe technically it is a mic, and it blends that soundboard mic in with the undersaddle. And if I remember correctly, the thing about the Anthem is the, there's a crossover in there where you're not asking the microphone to reproduce all of the frequencies, and you're not asking the undersaddle to do them all either. They basically, maybe the undersaddle shares most of the lows and doesn't have to do those strident high mid-range frequencies, and you're not making the microphone reproduce a bunch of bassy reflecting waves and a bunch of overtones. So you're based, you have two separate ways to amplify the guitar working in tandem, and neither one of those systems is doing all the heavy lifting. They're helping each other. And it, it's one of those things not uncommon to even the Fishman versions. When you have a decent undersaddle sound and blend in a little bit of air with the mic or the soundboard, uh, you don't want a 50-50 most of the time, but just adding maybe 10 or 20% of a microphone soundboard type thing to take the edge off what the undersaddle is doing, especially in this case when the undersaddle is not hearing the most, the ugliest top end information anyway. Uh, it's, it's one of those systems that I really like it. I know a lot of guys at Martin uh, really find it very repeatable. It's easy to install. It's not hard to use on stage. Some of the best sounding systems that have dual sources can sound really good if you're a tinkerer, but if you're one of those people that see three buttons and you, uh, you can make those things sound bad as fast as you can make them sound good. I would definitely consider saying the Anthem is extremely easy to use. It's hard to get a bad sound out of it, and it's it's something a factory, you know, can do. You can order, you know, 250 of them and, and not not have 
it's not really hard for somebody to put in, install it in the factory either. So it's it's really a, a win-win in every at every angle. Yeah, I, th I thought it was interesting that they introduced bags recently as an option, and that they are now going with bags for this particular model. And I don't know uh, what their R and D uh, results were of why they decided to go with this model, but they clearly felt that it was a good choice for this model. Um, and one other thing I wanted to ask you as a dealer, do you know yet, are they offering this without the, the uh, burst? Well, that's, that's honestly a question I can't answer, and you're a little bit out of order asking me that question that way. This is going to be the first year we're not a Martin dealer. So not to sound funny, but I honestly don't know. Sorry about that. Yeah, yeah I, mean, I, I, the reason I asked is, is I know they, I know they constructed some bodies that, that didn't have the sunburst. So that had just the, the regular spruce ah. and the regular maple and, and the regular walnut, and they looked really good. So I didn't know if this was going to be available with and without or not. So, so um, because the burst is a full body burst, uh, it's not just a top burst. Which all we should also point out. So oh, I forgot um, I about that. Yeah you're, yeah, you're right. I first saw that on. I first saw Collins. I guess I, Collins didn't do it. Obviously, Gibson's done it for a zillion years on electric and acoustics. I remember seeing Collins do a burst similar to this on an all mahogany guitar at a NAMM show long ago and thought, man, that looks awesome. Martin should start doing that. And that was before they came out with their Streetmaster models and all that. But yeah, I think some people will find this very attractive. Um, this is clearly a nod toward Taylor because Taylor 600 series is only maple back and sides, but they dye them brown, so they look like walnut or quasi-rosewood, just because they feel oh. most people think an acoustic guitar should look dark, and that if it looks dark, it'll sound dark, I guess. I don't know. And maybe Martin's using the same philosophy here. Um, yeah. I mean, but, I wouldn't um, be surprised to see this offered as a natural, but this feels so, so strange to tell you that I... I don't know, and I probably won't know. I'm gonna I'm gonna follow this as closely as I can as a civilian going forward. But yeah, this um, this feels so strange to see these spec sheets. And I mean, technically, as we're recording this, we're still a dealer probably until I think March is around the time where the contracts renew. And I, I'm not trying to find ways March first to completely separate myself. Um, I'm I'm gonna try to stay as involved as I can. But yeah, that's. It's, it just sounds, if you thought it sounded funny the way I answered you, it, it sounded even funnier to me answering you the way I did. Um, you could ask me all the questions you want this year, and I'm going to have to say I wish I still knew. Kind of weird. Well, um, yes, times change. I hope that, and we all hope that works out very much for you and Lori and Andrew and, and all that. But um, Thank you. But so here you are crossing over into, you know, what may be your last NAM as a dealer, but uh, still a very cool guitar. Uh, other things I guess I should point out that I, that I know we forgot to mention is uh, it's, a, it's a, a European spruce top. So it's not Sitka, it's European spruce, which in my, to my ear has more of a glow about it and, um, and pr puts out a certain amount of warmth that's not quite uh, hit you on the head with the mallet Sitka warmth. So I think uh, I think people I think it'll be a very interesting combination having the European spruce with the uh, maple sides, maple back with the walnut center wedge, and that's also matched to a a walnut uh, bridge and fingerboard. And they uh, certainly the bridge uh, uh, affects tone. The type type of wood that's being used for the bridge. 
and so it's not as dense as uh, as ebony, and, but so that'll be interesting. And electric guitars certainly swear by the fact that the fingerboard uh, can make the sound of a guitar different based on the wood too. So, so it's it's there's a lot of stuff going on with the GPC that makes it unlike any GPC Martin's ever put out, and it's and this thing will certainly put out some lovely sound. Well, that's an understatement. As we're recapping this whole thing, the top is European spruce, the bracing pattern's different, the back material is different, the back sides and top are different. The Maybe the only thing the same is the nut. I mean, look at all the differences you have here. <laughs> You've got a, a new amber fade sunburst finish. I mean, besides the LR Bags Anthem, the neck taper, and the fact that it's a 14 fret GPC, almost everything about the GPC Inception is brand new. Uh, we'll reserve the right to decide if this whole thing is a new era, if this is really revolutionary. I have to think it's going to be. And anybody who has played a standard series guitar with scallop bracing versus one without, anybody who's played VTS versus non-VTS, anybody who's compared Adirondack to Sitka, I have every right to think that this skeletonized bracing and the fact that it's honeycomb and laser cut uh, why, why wouldn't it have an opportunity to be as new and as groundbreaking as any of the other things we would definitely admit are, you know, night and day differences? Mm. Yeah, I think that's true. Though, of course, everybody knows that having gold-colored uh, tuners definitely makes it sound better. Well, we buried the lead there. That's our fault. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but, yes, it has attractive gold-colored tuners. One more thing. And... Um, what do you know about the uh, Kovar strings? That's another thing. They came right on the scene just as we were ramping down. We didn't put a new string order in when those things came out. I have been told by a lot of people that they're not the same. They're not your usual sound. More than three-quarters of the people that I've seen post on the Internet say they love them. And I, I'm going to have to just drive to the factory, basically go to the 1833 shop and buy a set. I have a sneaking suspicion I'm going to like them a lot. Uh, now that I'm not a Martin dealer, I'm going to have to buy them like everyone else. But Well, yeah, I haven't tried them. I meant to, uh, when I was there recently, seeing the custom shop guys and the, and the new Joan Baez uh, display in the museum, I meant to take some home with me, and I completely forgot, so... Yeah, I've been told they're a little brighter than Monell's, but I don't know if that helps you understand what I've what I've heard. Well, I would consider that a good thing. I like Monell's um, on um, mahogany top guitars primarily, and mahogany guitars in general. But I, but I don't like them forever, and I always go back. So, so yeah. I'm curious to see what these new ones are like. Absolutely. And one more thing about this guitar that. Um, like I mentioned with, you know, Taylor, when they revamped this, their bracing and stuff, there were so many changes that you, there's no way to, to, to uh, quantify um, what's causing what in terms of tone. So uh, you will just have to accept this guitar as a whole and speculate, as people love to do, of what it might be if it didn't have, uh, if it had Ebony Borden Bridge or what it might have sounded like if they had, you know, not had the new back braces or blah, 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 blah. But we at least get to enjoy it. And I know they're very excited about it. And they feel like they've really hit a home run with this guitar. And I'm looking forward to finding out. 
The only real way to know if you're right or wrong is for you to come over here after this episode. We'll take a regular GPC off the shelf, get my laser bracing gun out, and we'll poke holes in all the bracing that's already there just to see if it makes any difference at all. Indeed. Indeed. Well, I am I'm looking forward to uh, I'm looking forward to seeing what everybody else has to say about this, especially once they actually get to play it. And I'm certainly looking forward to stepping into Martin soon and putting the finished product in my hand along with some other very exciting uh, guitars that I have been waiting for for some time. Well, Spoon, you know what the music means. It's almost time for us to get out of here, but you bring up a very good point. A lot of great Martins are on the way from the 2024 NAMM show. In just a couple of weeks, we'll have another episode that does take a big picture look at all the great new models you're going to see from Martin Guitar coming in 2024. This is just the beginning. Uh, please bookmark, subscribe, whatever you have to do to make sure that this program and this podcast populates on your phone. You don't want to miss another episode. We're so glad to have you guys here. From all of us at Martins and more, thanks for listening. Hear you later. Hear you later.